Harrison Stoker, welcome back. Hi, Jay. Thanks, pal. Uh, well, since last we spoke, and I, I, maybe this is the third or fourth time we've talked, it seems to be at important inflection points in cannabis retail specific to Ontario, but maybe even more specifically to my neighborhood. Um, and I, I, before we came on, I was saying uh, one day last week, I, I uh, uh, drove by um, Dover Court and Bloor, Ossington and Bloor, on my way to the east end of Toronto, and went by the new location of Dutch Love on uh, Leslie. Like, how is, yeah, it's great. It's amazing. And, and I know I've, the only one that I didn't hit that day was the one on King Street and probably Young Dundas. But like, how is it to go from not zero, but in Toronto, but like actually ramping up the way you saw the strategy playing out? Like, how does that feel with everything that's happened? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right, next question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Done. I think coming out of um, that sort of essential, non-essential business uh, a piece that we kind of went through it, I guess I could, the height of the pandemic, if you will. Um, that was a bitch. That was a real grind. Uh, that was really, really hard work. Now, thankfully for us, I think we're kind of masochists. We like that. I think we're kind of used to it too. We, uh, we, we grind everything out, but um, it feels way better today coming out of that grind um, having a better, more transparent relationship with AGCO around RSAs and licensing and dates on a calendar that exists today. It's amazing. So it's a little bit more prescribed today uh, versus just mere months ago, which is exceptional. You know, we can do a lot better planning. Um, we don't have tremendous amount of resources. Um, and so they're better utilized when we can actually plan things out on, 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 a, on a calendar, uh, which we are doing today. So, uh, you know, thank you to AGCO and, and everyone who um, applied the pressure to, uh, to, to hurry hard on that front. Um, and, you know, hopefully the, the, this pandemic piece, uh, we, can, we can manage it and the vaccine comes and it only gets easier, more fluid. Um, but we're still grinding it out. Um, it's just with dates on a calendar now is the big difference. And it's actually there's a sense of relief there for sure. Yeah, it's like implementing it. And, and you know, the uh, Ontario Cannabis Store on their side of things made it known that they are opened or have opened another warehouse to sort of meet the demand of the consumers buying in retail across Ontario. But most of those Ontario stores, from my sort of look at it, have been in, in and around the GTA, but even more specifically in Toronto. Um, yeah. And even your sort of expansion, <laughs> one of your expansions I said is uh, Dover Court and Bloor. The sign's been up for a while, but also... Um, thinking about the shifting landscape. And this is really, I tend to think, you know, the economy has taken a gut punch across the board. Within that gut punch, there is opportunity. And the only people that are really opening new stores, frankly, in Toronto are cannabis stores. And, the, and you're taking over a spot that went out right adjacent to uh, one that uh, was, a, I think it was a convenience store, right next to uh, the location you had picked out at uh, Bloor and Dover Court. You're, are you expanding that footprint or just shifting one, block, one door next door? Kind of a little bit of both. We, uh, yeah, there's a silver lining there, Jay, to your point. You know, we always seek out corner locations as you would. Um, and uh, we had previously been trying to take over the adjacent space 
to the lookers right of our space so we could expand our footprint and then um, we had this opportunity to get the corner which we jumped on really quickly and so we were kind of taking we were kind of doing this and now we're doing this and we're expanding and uh and, and shifting over at the same time so we're really excited about i know you're the most excited about it we've been talking non-stop about it and <laughs> You know, we actually, we have a date on the calendar now. I don't know if it's going to excite you or, or depress you, but I think we're going to be opening that location on January 25th. So that's a, oh, wow. that's, that's a next year gig. Um, but we're going to open five locations in the GTA before that. And we've got dates for all of those now too, which is really, really cool. So um, most of our builds are complete. Um, that became much easier uh, coming out of the uh, non-essential business piece and, and being permitted to actually go and build and put signs up and construction and whatnot. So we're, we're sitting pretty on a handful of uh, really juicy locations uh, with final inspection dates on calendar. So we're just heading straight at those dates. We're super excited about it all. And I don't know if it's too early to tell or, or we're in the midst of it to see, like we've talked about sort of consumer behavior before within the store. Like are consumers behaving differently in store now than they were or that you perceive they would like at the beginning of the year, sort of pre-COVID, is it more of like they're very mission-driven, like I want to get in and I want to get out? Or are we seeing that length of stay actually expanding a bit as people understand what it means to be out in public, in-store, and sort of you know, masked up and social distant, but all those things? Yeah. Are people's experience changing in-store? That's a cool question, man, because it's been a real roller coaster ride throughout this year, uh, circumstantially, as you can imagine. Um, and so, you know, one key thing is cannabis 2.0. There's actually um, some good distribution of products around the 2.0 uh, categories now, which are really interesting to talk about, you know, and need some guidance and need some conversation, you know, whether it's figuring out what onset and offset needs for beverages or how tasty one chocolate is versus another. Um, it's a real conversation. And so we're finding the 2.0 uh, slice of pie is really demanding a longer time in the store, a bigger conversation with our associates, which is super exciting. And then the more familiar um, categories, you know, which still make up roughly 80% of our sales, and that's flour and pre-rolls. That's a little bit more of a direct, I know what I want, <clears throat> let me let me add it. Um, uh, we're still seeing some really great dwell times on our website, you know, which is really cool. And so the, the effects are being felt there uh, as well as we continue to ratchet up our, our digital facilities and our online browsers. Um, I think it's a little bit more indicative of new uh, categories, you know, and that really just need that conversation and actually are fun to conversate about. There's some really cool products on market now, super fun conversations to be had. Yeah, and, and they are really different products. And I think uh, for even for experienced consumers, understanding what the beverage market sort of looks like between, you know, there's a whole bunch that are 2.5 milligrams and several that are 10. And that, that's a conversation. I think the taste profile actually factors into it a great deal too. Um, and some are taste great and some less taste Much. great. <laughs> some don't. Um, but like that's, that's the, you know, the associates in the store presumably know that, understand that. And that's the type of thing people are asking because it really is, net new like you buy dry flour you know roughly what it's going to be like i mean yeah. the effects may be different but you actually know how to judge it as a consumer as if something that's sort of net new beverages is is really challenging and i guess there's also I, a policy dynamic there jay which is super weird because you you know you, you you come in and if you've been buying flour since legalization you know the gate came up on that you understand how much you can buy on a daily basis beverages is super interesting walking in and being like okay i want to buy 
you know, I've got a uh, Labor Day long weekend, you know, I've got a, I'm going out to a barbecue and then me and my bird are going to go for a camping thing. And so I, I need like, you know, I don't know, I think 12 of these things. Oh, no, sorry, sir. You can actually have uh, four of these ones, six of these ones, three of these ones, seven of these ones. It's like, <laughs> hold on. You lost me at me not being able to buy an armful. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a little bit of education um, there too and, and, and something that we're really actively uh, banding together with our LPs to, you know, to, to heighten that conversation with, with provincial regulators. It makes no sense, the equivalencies, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's and, I, and I get that it, it comes from a place of, of uh, public health and public concern and new products and all that. But as that policy reaches sort of retailer or consumer, it makes no sense, obviously. It's just straight up weird. That's yes. a weird conversation. We had lots of those in the first six to nine months yeah. post legalization, and now we're doing it again. Uh, but now we're doing it with something that's hyper familiar to customer. You know, a, a 355 milliliter can that's whatever the flavor profile is, it's got an, it's, it's got an infused product in it. You're like, well, hold on a minute. I just, I just want four of those. Or I just want six of those. Right. Or, you know. Well, if you can get them, yeah. <laughs> If you're allowed to buy that many, which I, and I totally get like, but like a six pack is something people are used to buying. And by the way, they don't drink all six at a time when they buy beer generally. So like it's, I think all those things will shake out as we look at sort of the Cannabis Act and how it's actually rolling out. I want to talk to you because we've, we've touched on it uh, before sort of offline, but you're opening stores in a whole array of neighborhoods, um, right? Parkdale is different than Lisa, uh, than, than Leslieville is different than Bloor and Ossington, which is actually different than Bloor and Dovercourt, even though it's a few blocks away, which yeah, is the fact that the world's apart. <laughs> right. But like you guys, it, you, you operate a number of businesses in a number of different neighborhoods. And, and how do you make yourself sort of part of that neighborhood, not only as like a, as a shop or a barbershop or a bar or restaurant, but like how do you actually incorporate sort of the, the ethos of the company into where you're operating? Well, the first thing is, you know, we, we go through a pretty rigorous selection process and, and, and quite honestly, it's, it's mostly emotionally driven versus technically. Um, you know, we obviously, we run some numbers and some demographic analysis and all that kind of really fun, nerdy stuff, but we go spend time in neighborhoods, sit on benches, talk to people, drink coffee, go out for drinks when you can, have a slice of pizza. You know, we spend time, we'll even sometimes stay in uh, a hotel or an Airbnb or something in the neighborhoods to really uh, get a sense of familiarity and connection and really feel it out, like who's going to be shopping? How's the, how's the light hit the storefront? You know, really uh, more emotional kind of triggers. Um, uh, before we make a decision um, and then uh, you know we always get we really we really like to connect with our neighborhood we're hospitality um, people at, at heart we call ourselves publicans really often because we specialize I think in, in pub that's our core competency uh, a pub is sort of a, a, a community meeting point a central point for the community and so um, we've always been um, really involved in our communities we've had uh, for nearly 21 years now something called the Donnelly Fund um, from from our, our, our Donnelly group, our, our overarching group, and it's always worked with um, sort of socially challenged neighborhoods. We're from Vancouver, so we work in the downtown east side really often. Um, it's this philanthropic piece that really just um, sort of enables a culture of giving for our people. And um, we we've got a pretty new program actually with Dutch Love that we're which it's called Good the Good Neighbor the Good Neighbor program, um, and it really sort of crystallizes some of these philosophies and, and what we're doing uh, with every net new store for the first month of operation. 
um, we're donating 10% of proceeds to a charity in that neighborhood, in that community um, that aligns with our values. And so Parkdale is a really good example. We're working with a food bank there. Um, we recently opened up in uh, Ottawa's center town and uh, Operation um, Out of Home is a, is a really, really cool um, uh, charity that we're working with there. And the neat thing is it, it sort of enables our customers to participate pretty fluidly. Literally all they need to do is do the same thing they're doing, you know, the previous day and, and, and buying some, some weed, frankly, uh, and we make the donation. But uh, I think more importantly, we really try to spotlight that, that initiative and work with that group. And it's not just for 30 days, we work with them going forward. And, uh, um, you know, the food bank's an excellent example of our, our team's gonna be really involved in the Parkdale Food Bank uh, in perpetuity and, and really be hands-on there. Uh, but for the first 30 days, 10% of all proceeds go to these, these good neighbors um, that, we, that we're working with. So we're super excited about actually crystallizing a program for Dutch Love, something we've been doing for 20 years, uh, but putting down on paper, you know, putting it into Instagram, putting it into motion um, in these neighborhoods. And it's, it's been working out really nicely so far. Well, it's never a dull moment uh, or hasn't been, I guess. Uh, it, seems, it seems funny that we, we looked at it as, as chaotic and uh, delayed and difficult to predict before March, <laughs> like, right? it's like that, that was the status quo. And then pandemic, lockdown, essential service, non-essential service, essential, like it's been, you know, as chaotic or challenging as it was up to March, it's been almost doubly that in a shorter time frame uh, since then. But, but kudos to you guys for, for obviously uh, grinding and, and getting stores open more on the way. Uh, the work you're doing in neighborhood is also impressive and thoughtful. Uh, so we always enjoy talking to you, uh, Harrison, and we look forward to what's next. And um, I just put January 25th on my calendar. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to deliver on that date for you, Jay. <laughs> I hope you do. Um, Cause I'll be there. Whether you guys are open or not, I'm going to be knocking on the door, but okay. I, I appreciate Harrison. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll check in with you down the road. Cheers, Jay. Good to talk to you. <laughs>